Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a therapist and author based on the west side of Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to my podcast, named after my recent book, It's Not About the Sex. Here we have honest conversations related to compulsive sexual behavior and trauma, all from a sexual health perspective. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints and practical strategies toward establishing greater intimacy and a more deeply connected life. Let's begin. Good afternoon, Sue. Hi, Andrew. Good afternoon. How are you? I am doing well. Yourself? Doing pretty good. Hanging in there. Good. Good. So you know what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about consultation. Yeah, I do know what we're talking about. Consultation, I, I've been giving a lot of thought to this, and, and I wanted to talk about it because I actually think it's not discussed very often, and it's something that has to do with healing, with recovery, with being human, <laughs> with pretty much everything in life. And so I, I thought it would be fun just to break it down and share a little bit about my 30-year history since I finished grad school, which is bizarre to say out loud. But um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about consultation. And, and just to begin, you know, you and I on this podcast consult all the time. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, no, that's true. And, you know, um, finishing up my KDAC program and one of the 12 items that I need to do in my internship is consultation. And it's the favorite part of my day when I get, Mm. when I get to join in and do that. So what what makes it your favorite? Because, um, well, we'll probably talk a little bit about this, but when you're one-on-one with a client and you're in your head and you're facilitating and, you know, doing what you're doing, it's, it's always good to be able to bounce something off of somebody else and get their feedback and not not only to validate what you did but also to help guide you and come up with maybe another way to look at something that you maybe wouldn't have thought on your own you know mm-hmm, exactly I, I could not agree more and and for our listeners who don't know what kdac means can you share what that acronym stands for oh sure it's a certification in alcohol and drug counseling Right. And and you've been really working hard at UCLA and their program to um, move forward and to actually get very close to completion at this point. Very, very close. Yeah, very excited. I'm just finishing up. I have about 150 more hours to do in my internship and then I can wow. sit for the... Uh, the so, home stretch. Yeah. So pretty soon, be early 2023. Excellent. So as part of this discussion, I I thought I would look up what consultation really means, right? So I looked up in the dictionary, and the definition that I actually like the most is is very simple. It's the action or process of formally discussing or consulting about something, Hmm. okay? The action or process of formally discussing or consulting about something. So we're going to be discussing today what that really looks like in a, in a clinical way and, and also what that looks like in a 12-step way. I'm really excited to talk about this, so why don't we get going? Yeah, let's do that. Let's look at um, how your background in 12-step goes along with today's topic. I could actually talk about this the whole episode, 
I won't do that, but I, I will share briefly about my, my very first 12 step, um, meeting that I attended, you know, I was living in Venice at the time, Venice, California, and I didn't want anybody to know me. I was terrified. So I found a meeting out in Pasadena, which is about 25 miles from Venice. Mm -hmm. And um, right away, as soon as I heard people talking in the meeting and before the meeting, I, I just knew that I was in the right place. And the fellowship, um, eventually finding a, a temporary sponsor, uh, working the steps, et cetera, it, it was really a, a, a new turning of the page for me. And the thing that stands out for me the most and still stands out for me the most about 12 step is that ultimately it's about asking for help, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And that could be from a sponsor that uh, sometimes could be from a, a therapist or a counselor. And if you have a belief in a power greater than yourself, like a higher power or God, it's asking for help from that power greater than oneself. What was so relieving for me is that as a kid in my family, in my world, I, I thought that it was always going to be up to me. I thought that I had to be super self-sufficient. As a kid and as a, a perfectionistic kid, this led to so much frustration and profound loneliness. It wasn't easy. I mean, as I sit here talking about it, I think, wow, I was so young and so impressionable and and just I just didn't know where I belonged at the time. But there was something about being at the meeting where I had this sense of belonging that was overwhelming. Yes. And I thought, okay, there have to be some wisdom in the room. And so, in other words, there has to be some kind of consultation, some kind of collaboration, and, and certainly a community that I had never experienced before. And asking for help is so difficult for so many people. I mean, people just kind of, you know, put it all on themselves and figure they can do it. And then you get stuck in these patterns that aren't really helping you at all. It definitely took time. I don't want to pretend like I just walked into the meeting and the, the light switch changed. Um, but but I think what happened was I I had enough humility that as much as I thought I knew, I really didn't know. And I was just at a point where I was suffering and I, and I wanted to feel better. And so I really wanted to do anything that would relieve that suffering. So I agree. I think asking for help is, in our culture especially, is almost universal as a as a um, a challenge. Mm. You know, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about is that asking for help, whether it be in in the twelve step room or whether it be with a therapist or whether it be with um, with God or whatever you might call God. Um, these are all surrenders, you know, in 12 step, it's called, it's like the third step is turning it over, right. Or surrendering. And sometimes I, I hear that word and I kind of cringe a little bit, like, wait a second, I can't surrender. What does that mean? And, and yet the surrender is knowing that I can't do it all by myself. That's how I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just so grateful for all of the wisdom around me in my life that I get to delve into. 
All right, let's go look at how this topic applies to being in private practice like you are today. Sure, sure. So in private practice, or, or maybe in a lot of different settings, but since I've been in private practice for many years now, it, it really is about being humble. It's, it's actually a very parallel idea. And through the years, I've had a lot of newer therapists say to me, what are the keys to building a practice? Like they want the 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 marketing tools to to be able to build a practice and and be successful. And what I say to them is, this is what's worked for me, number one. So take what you like and leave the rest. But the first thing is for me I, I, is to find the very best therapist that you can afford. If I've been working with the same therapist for almost 14 years, I've been in therapy since I was 17 with a couple breaks in between, but basically for the last 41 years, I mm -hmm. dare say. And, um, and so having a therapist that I can rely on and that I can absolutely use as a collaborator, I, I do believe in relational therapy and I believe in collaborative therapy. And so having a therapist who's really there, not just as a blank canvas, but somebody who's really there in the relationship who I can rely on emotionally fully, right? Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two is to join a consultation group with hopefully with like-minded clinicians. And I've been in many, many consultation groups, and I'm going to share about them in a, in a moment. Like you said before, there's nothing like getting outside opinions and perspectives and clinical ideas around issues that are really at times can be truly be a dilemma. You know, I get stuck with some of my clients and I don't want to just go back week after week after week and, and be stuck within myself. Mm -hmm. I want to ask somebody, how can I work with my stuckness and what is this stuckness about and, and how can I move forward so I can be more effective with my client? So consultation groups is number two. And then for me, I've always immersed myself in advanced trainings. And what I mean by that is various kinds of trainings that have been really meaningful for me, have been fun for me. Um, most recently, it's been somatically focused trainings like brain spotting and somatic experiencing. Mm -hmm. I, that's been super important and, and just so complementary to what I've been doing all these years as a talk therapist. And then the other uh, kinds of trainings generally for me have been around group therapy and have been around uh, anything around addictions, right? So, and, and trauma, by the way, that I, I don't see them as separate. So those are really the three areas, the best therapist, the best consultation group and the best advanced trainings that you can possibly find. So they're all about asking for help. That's, I guess that's the bottom line that, right. that being in therapy is about consulting with a person that you trust and a person that you respect. Consultation groups are really being around people that I can trust and that I can respect and, and really help me stay on my growing edge by learning from others mm -hmm. and um, helping others learn as well. And then the advanced trainings that I've done really allow me to be a beginner again. You know, there isn't this idea of the beginner's mind. And I enjoy starting from that place of the beginner's mind and 
and and learning and stretching and uh, especially recently with brain spotting that's been the the biggest example um in recent times and these are all, all forms all forms of seeking consultation and being open to learning and hearing new things there's always new d- discoveries and new findings and you know evidence based therapies and different things that people have experience with that are working that you maybe not would have considered, you know? So I think the, all those things together are fantastic and just helpful for moving forward in your, in your private practice. And, and, it, and it's exciting because it keeps me really on my, um, what's the word on, your game? <laughs> on my game. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. And if I, there's nothing wrong with psychodynamic therapy, family systems therapy, uh, attachment theory and therapy, all of those things have been foundational actually in my life. But my my recent trainings and the way that they keep me alive really have been just influential again and again and again. So let's turn the wheels back a time back to 1993. I don't even think I can remember what was going on (laughs) a year. Um, But tell us about your first experiences with clinical supervision and and with consultation. Wow. Um, Okay, 1993, I just started in part-time private practice with um, two wonderful women, Cindy Busto and Jody Frank. We were part of a center called West Coast Counseling Center. And they were just, I have to say, I felt like I was in a nest, you know, and they just let me hang out in their nest and, and nurture me and, and help me along when I was super young. I mean, I wasn't even 30 yet. And so I was so fortunate to have their love and nurturance and um, patience, a lot of patience with me. And, and that was the very beginning and then at the same time, I actually joined a consultation group that was the group that my aunt was part of, my aunt Ruth. I sometimes talk about her on the podcast. Uh, Ruth uh, was a psychologist. She's retired now. And she was in a group with this gentleman named Bert Schaffner. And Bert was this very kind of avant-garde um, he just put together a lot of different decades of wisdom into the consultation group. And, and it was fantastic. I was super young, but I was in the group for close to 10 years. It was a monthly group in his living, in his uh, office. I was going to say his living room. It was actually his converted garage, which was his office with uh, beanbag chairs and lots and lots of masks from all around the world. So you can just imagine his background. So that was really cool. And and I felt so grateful and and so I guess again the humility of of being invited into these experiences were just an amazing start for me. Well, I'm sure you offered a new view on some things too. You know, it's good everybody does add and bring things to the group. So I'm sure they were just as fortunate and happy to have you there with them. Thank you for saying that. I, I think I was very hungry to learn and and I probably had enough personal experience and therapeutic experience uh, under my belt at that point that they that they all saw something that 
was enough to, to really um, engage with me in those ways. But it was uh, it was a, a challenge. It was definitely a, a steep learning curve. So, all right, let's fast forward a tiny little bit. Around 2007, that's when you started your somatic experiencing training. Um, talk about that experience and how consultation fit into that training. So that was a surprise because at the time I was actually doing a lot of coaching in addition to my therapy practice. A lot of my colleagues were the colleagues that I really respected were taking the three years somatic experiencing training. So it was a big commitment and I saw things happen in them, you know, both personally and professionally that were so impressive and were so interesting. I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, but Peter Levine, who founded the Somatic Experiencing Institute, was just a genius in a lot of ways. Um, and and so I went for it. And I met a community of people that was so refreshing, and we all were were just learning together. And what happened was I, I was actually in a few different consultation groups. It's it's somatic experiencing is not the easiest modality to learn. Let's put it that way. It can be rather esoteric at times. But um, but through consultation, we were learning together. So the first group was very experiential, where we practiced SE skills, somatic experiencing skills on one another. And it was actually facilitated by a seasoned SE practitioner who I actually knew prior to the training. So, you know, I had the trust, I had the admiration for um, the creativity and, and the intelligence, emotional intelligence of, of his work. So that was really cool to have that available. Then the second one after that one um, kind of folded was a peer consultation group where we would bring in cases and talk to them, talk about them about uh from from an se perspective and so again it was really rich and i felt like i was with a group of of wonderfully talented se practitioners um who actually i felt got it more than i did and then that was really exciting to to have that um those skills around me but both groups were really vulnerable both groups were intimate and and both groups really turned out to be quite inspiring. And so that's where a consultation group can be so wonderful because mm -hmm. it can really be so enriching and enlivening. Yeah, excellent. And so it sounds like you can really learn a lot from that because it's putting it directly into a practice. For sure. And by the way, it's always great to have a facilitator um, but peer consultation can be wonderful as well. And when the right folks come together, right, like-minded clinicians, it, it really is just magical in some ways. And I try not to use that word too much, but, but it really um, can be wonderful. And I, I had that kind of experience. So again, I was so grateful for, for having those kinds of groups uh, available to me. Recently, you've been a member of a group therapy book club for, the, I guess, the past 10 years. Um, first of all, what is that all about? And secondly, was, <laughs> was that another example of consultation? This is such an interesting story because I have a friend, Keith, Keith Rand, who 
wanted to bring together group therapists because he's a fantastic group therapist and he wanted to bring together a, a group of group therapists to come to his dining room and and he has 10 chairs he has a big dining room table and he has 10 chairs and and we had 10 people from the very beginning now 10 years later we don't have all the same people but we have some of the same people and what was interesting is that at the beginning we were really invested in reading about group therapy taking a book or an article and reading about it and bringing it in and discussing it and looking at it from an academic perspective and from um, a clinical perspective of how it affected us and our clients um, so it was really super rich Around the time of the pandemic, maybe even before, but definitely around the time of the pandemic, I think we just needed to be together. And we were not together physically, but we were on Zoom and we actually met every single week wow. during the pandemic. Not everybody came every week, but it was like a refuge for us. Mm. And so we did talk sometimes about our groups because we were now doing our all our groups on, on Zoom, which was new for us. And so we definitely consulted with each other. And consultation has always been part of the the group therapy book club. I don't really want to call it a book club anymore. It's really a, a group therapy support group. Mm -hmm. But um, but either way, um, consultation has always been part of it when we run into uh, some kind of barriers in, in our work. And for that, it's incredible because this is a really, really strong group of, of group therapists. So it's really fun to be able to know that I have my my um, group to come to and to talk about our group. Wow. What a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. And it's still going on. Yeah. So, all right. A few years back, you started a consultation group in your practice. Uh, that must have been so like going full circle. So what was that like for you? Yeah, it, it definitely was like going full circle. I mean, I remember back when I was in Bert's group back in the 90s, I was super young and and here I was a little older, a little more gray hair, and I decided to invite both my current associates and my past associates into the consultation group. So this was before the pandemic. So we were meeting in the office every other week for 90 minutes. And what was really fun about it was we knew each other so well, and there was so much trust and love among us that it, it really was a very safe arena to be able to talk about some of our clinical dilemmas and, and challenges. And so the kinds of emotional risks, the kind of introspection that took shape in that group was, was just beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. and. And there's so much disclosure uh, in terms of um, what was triggering people by their their clients or at times by their groups that it was it was just one of those moments I, I just feel tender as I as I talk about it because it was just such a a, a great experience. Mm. It seems like all of these experiences are so rich. I mean, just you can't get that anywhere else. So I have a little bit of a um, caveat to all of this. Mm -hmm. 
and this is a little bit of judgment, so bear with me, but there's a lot of therapists out there who are not in therapy, and there's a lot of therapists out there who don't see consultation. Mm. And it's not that I try to compare because it's apples and oranges. If that's the way they choose to run their practice, that's up to them. But with that said, I work differently. And I believe that therapy is part of my work week, going to therapy, that is. And I believe that um, seeking consultation is also part of my my work. And and so I say all of that because I, I believe so firmly in staying sharp and having the kind of consultation available uh, to me that um, it's it's just foundational, in my opinion, to to what I do. Yeah. But so, why are you sharing this with us now? Well, just to encapsulate what I was just saying, you know, quality consultation for me is is what I consider part of my professional mandate. Right, it keeps me growing. It keeps me learning and stretching, and and it reminds me, you know, what I know, and what I do not know, right? I think that's so important for me to be able to distinguish all the time. What what do I know? What do I need to know? Or what what could I use help with? So, so consultation allows me to integrate what other people have to say. It's not that I have to agree with everything everybody has to say, but but just to listen and to try and understand other other viewpoints. And, and as I've said a few times today, to create a sense of collaboration rather than feeling like the Lone Ranger, because especially for those in, in private practice, it sometimes feels like the Lone Ranger. And now that many of us are working on Zoom quite a bit, it's it's even more so that, that case. That, that's where I, I really come from. And the reason, the real reason, my my commercial um, promotion for the day is, is that I've decided to start a brand new consultation group. And I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but but it just felt to me like this is a time for me to, again, give back and allow a space to be created for those who are interested in being together and learning from one another. I always tell people in my groups it's it's about learning about yourself and it's about helping others learn about themselves mm-hmm. and if you do that you've basically done everything right right but this particular group is going to be on zoom so people from all over the state of california can be a part of it oh. and at the max i'll have eight group members if 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 it works out in january or february i'm going to start with five but i'm hoping to um, build to eight and just like with some of my groups, I, I do ask for an initial commitment of time. Um, the group fee, just like all my group fees, is $100 per session. And it's not going to be an academic group. It's not going to be about reading articles. It's going to be a, a case consultation group where people are going to come in and hopefully in a in a vulnerable way be able to say, you know, I have this client and I, I just don't know where to go. I'm not sure how to proceed. So that's kind of the, the the gist of what the group is all about. 
And, and again, you know, being alone in our offices can be super isolating, right? And especially with the pandemic and every, all the precautions that we take, you know, I really, really look forward to creating a, a space, you know, a, a virtual space that is uh, for collaborating, for camaraderie, for community, and for connection, right? And and that's what consultation should be about, right? Because I think of this idea that Brene Brown talks about. She she used to say, "We're biologically wired for for connection," but then she said, "We're biologically wired for connection, for love." And for belonging. Mm-hmm. And if, if I can do any of that mm-hmm. with this group, I just will be incredibly um, honored to, to be a part of that. So if anybody listening has any questions, if any clinici- clinicians or clinicians who know clinicians <laughs> uh, would like to speak with me, um, I, I think you all know how to reach me at this point. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's great. That's wonderful. I'm so happy for you to be able to offer this and that you have the space to, to do this. So it seems like, so consultation has been a essential part of your life in, in growing your, your practice. And once you got past the self-sufficiency, you have really learned how and when to lean on others and not to have to feel so alone. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And it's also for me, it's about not being perfect. It's mm-hmm. about not having all the answers, um, you know, in a, in a really good consultation group, you know, I bring all my years of experience, of course, but it, it's also the wisdom of the group because everybody who comes to the group has their own talents that I, I just want to um, learn about and, and nurture. Yeah. No, I love that because... I feel like when I'm going to the group and facilitating, like they're looking towards you for guidance and things like that. And being able to have someone to talk to about it after the fact um, allows you to let down your, your ego or whatever it is, you know, your, your sense of mm-hmm. wanting to be perfect in, in every situation. Um, That's right. It's a freeing experience. It feels so good to be mm-hmm. able to, ask for feedback and and ask for someone to critique what you're doing it it absolutely is freeing and i I don't think i actually mentioned it's going to be an every other week group Mm -hmm. on on thursdays from 11 30 to 12 45 so it's going to be a 75 minute group and i always meet with prospective group members one time to make sure that it feels like a match Mm -hmm. And, and also the, the, the group itself right now, um, is almost ready to launch. I I need two more people to get it started. And like I said, it's, it's, it's just, um, most important that your interest in learning, your interest in, in growing, your interest in being among others who are in that same space is, is really what it's all about. So without saying the same thing over and over and over. Obviously, I, I, I'm passionate about consultation. And I think there really is a parallel between 12-step and between uh, clinical work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And those are two parts of my identity. So I, I, I get it from both sides. 
That's great. And yeah, so people can reach out through the show notes. There'll be some information. And if you don't already know how to get in touch with Andrew, um, we'll make sure you can. Great. Thank you, Sue. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. As always, it was so great sharing the time with my colleague and friend, Sue Merlino, and discussing this really meaningful topic that has been part of my life for many, many years. If you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe and share my podcast with those who may benefit. I look forward to you joining us the next time, and don't forget to stay connected.